Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Tuesday, April 7th. S&P futures are extending their gains from yesterday, so they're up about 65 points. That's about 2.5%. Europe is up about 25 to 3%, and Asia finished higher pretty much across the board. Um, Australia ended mildly in the red. So obviously extending the very impressive rally from yesterday. Um, and there really isn't a whole lot to talk about as far as major new news. So this is very much kind of a quote unquote theme based rally. Now we've had several days of accumulated evidence from, uh, several important geographies around the world that the coronavirus crisis is peaking. It's plateauing. Um, and, and a bunch of regions are beginning kind of this gradual descent from their apex in terms of transmissions, hospitalizations, fatalities, et cetera. So I think this is an important inflection point in the tenor of news flow, and that's obviously catalyzing a very impressive rally. I don't really think people are paying a whole lot of attention on specifics or details. So obviously, there are some very critical questions that are still left unanswered. So, you know, most important is how rapid a descent will there be from this apex? Um, you know, the the uh, scheduling or the sequencing of, of resuming economic activity in Europe and the U.S., that's still very much unanswered. How will these areas that were very hard hit by the coronavirus um, begin to kind of gradually reopen all the various parts of the economy? Um, and then obviously, we're just kind of a couple of days away now from uh, the Q1 earnings season, where we're going to hear uh, probably a lot of grim news from companies Um and again, I think you also have kind of very uncertain street estimates as well. So you don't really have a, a very kind of firm yardstick with which to kind of gauge how companies are necessarily performing versus expectations. So I think those are all very important questions that need to be asked, although I don't think they'll become very relevant up until probably closer to kind of 2750, 2800. Um, you know, so I think, you know, this rally has been very impressive. And I, and, you know, I had thought that we would see this shift in coronavirus news flow. Um, but I do think, you know, in, in about 75 points or so, which could be, you know, a day's worth of, uh, of gains, um, you know, I do think that people are going to start to ask some of these tougher questions about, you know, specifically, how will this exit take place? What will the shape of the recovery be? I don't think really people are looking for a sharp V-shaped recovery. Um, but I do think that, you know, most people assume by by June or July that you'll see some sense of, of normalcy returning to um, the economy as far as economic activity, et cetera. Um, so that's that's by far the main theme. There really wasn't any kind of quote unquote new coronavirus news out. A lot of the articles that are that are talking about peaking activity are all referencing data that was out in the middle of the day yesterday in the US. Um, a lot of stimulus articles this morning, so Europe, Japan, and the US again, um, but a lot of this is kind of recycling headlines that have been in the press now for for several weeks. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't strike me necessarily as being incremental. I do think that, you know, cumulatively, the stimulus actions enacted um, across the board going back to the start of March, especially in the U.S., are very substantial. And I think the fact that stocks traded lower throughout March, um, you know, I think that that caused people to discount, I think, some of the stimulus measures that took place because you didn't see this instant reaction. But no. Despite stocks not reacting instantly, those measures are very important, and you are seeing, um, you know, you are seeing positive effects of them in the markets, especially in credit markets, where you're seeing kind of a a sense of normalcy returning to treasuries. You're seeing mortgages, mortgage yields have have collapsed, IG sales have spiked, you're even seeing some high yield issues um, are are being able to get sold in this market. So, you know, the, the credit markets are functioning, um, you know, much better than they had been back in March. And that was obviously a key objective of all of the Fed measures that took place. 
Um, and then it looks very likely that we'll get some sort of a fourth stimulus package coming up probably towards the end of this month or early May. Again, unclear the size of it. Pelosi overnight said it's easily going to be above a trillion dollars. Unclear kind of the, the specific components of it. I, I would imagine it's largely going to be very similar to this third one they passed, just increasing the numbers in terms of unemployment unemployment benefits, um, you know, capping up or, or increasing this small business um, lending pot of money that was $350 billion under the third stimulus bill, probably putting some more into that. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about that small business, um, that small business lending facility, the, uh, you know, the payroll protection program. Um, demand seems to be very high. There have been some reports about the website going down, et cetera. But I do think that, you know, considering the size of it and considering how rapidly they've been able to roll it out, it seems to be, um, you know, going about as smoothly as one can expect. And the demand indications have been very strong. It's just a question of, you know, will that keep payrolls, um, you know, will that prevent companies from furloughing um, employees? And and based on public announcements, at least, you know, you are seeing continued, um, you know, you are seeing continued layoffs, et cetera, companies not being able to make payroll for the month of April. So, you know, we're going to get obviously the weekly claims number that comes out on Thursday. It's watched very, very closely. You know, I think the question is now we've obviously seen, you know, huge spikes the last two weeks, you know, three to six million. I think people are asking themselves, like, where does this number peak out? Um, you know, I think it probably will peak out around 10 million, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, and then you hopefully will see some sort of an abatement. So, you know, I think people will be watching very closely. We could get close to that range this Thursday. Um, just quickly, you had, you know, she had a few more companies that are coming out and giving you color on, on, uh, Q1 and then into Q2. And you're, you're getting a very similar message from nearly everyone. It sounds like Q1 was tracking at least in line with expectations, if not above expectations up until, the last two weeks of March, where you saw this kind of sudden rapid um, collapse in in demand activity. So you saw a lot of companies kind of speak to that theme. Um, You're not seeing many companies kind of get precise guidance on Q2. So, you know, I I wouldn't be shocked. You know, the Samsung had their preliminary Q1 numbers out overnight, and they look pretty decent. You know, Samsung does not give you any commentary as far as linearity. They don't give you any guidance. but the fact that I think Q1 numbers look good, I, I you know I don't think should be should be surprising. I think the Q1 earnings season itself um, numerically should be fine. It's, but again, it's just a question of linearity in the quarter where you had kind of this sharp deterioration in the last two weeks of March, and then you know by the time a lot of companies will be reporting, will be later into April, so they'll have about a full month um, of activity to kind of talk about on the conference calls. And if companies say that they're seeing a stabilization. Following that decline in the last two weeks of March, that obviously would be very encouraging. And I think it's going to be split depending on, you know, where companies sit um, in terms of their end markets and their industries. So the Samsung report is definitely in focus. But like I said, it's it shouldn't be surprising that Q1 itself was pretty decent. Um, for the calendar, there's nothing major on today's calendar. You do have three major macro events this week. So you have this OPEC plus meeting on Thursday. That's going to start at 10 a.m. It looks very likely that the OPEC plus countries are going to come to an agreement on the supply front. The question is, again, they're asking for very broad participation. So they've scheduled this G20 energy energy ministers meeting on Friday, where they want all the other major non-OPEC plus countries, including the US, to participate and make a commitment on the supply front and not just a temporary commitment. They're looking for kind of a multi-quarter um, supply agreement for these com- countries, including you know Canada, Norway, the U.S., a lot of these other major producing countries. So, 
I don't think you're going to see this 10 million barrel number that Trump talked about, 10 million plus barrel number, but it does look like something will occur on the supply front. So, you know, in my mind, I think all the news around energy in the last week is going to put a floor on prices. I, I'm, I'm a little skeptical that you're going to see this kind of big spike um, in prices, but I do think there'll be some action taken on the supply front. It's just a question of how broad a participation um, it winds up being. Obviously, if you get all those countries to make firm commitments, then you could get to 10 million plus barrels. Um, I'm just skeptical that will occur. And I have a um, broader preview on that in uh, the Vital Dawn. I put a link into it. And then Powell, uh, the Fed announced yesterday, Powell will be giving a speech on Thursday, also at 10 a.m. Um, I don't think it should be terribly incremental. I think the bigger question for the Fed now at this point is, obviously, they they are doing whatever it takes. And they're not only saying that, but they're acting that as well. I think the question is, you know, now that all these asset purchases are kind of open-ended, um, you know, I think at what point will the Fed begin to dial back its pace of balance sheet expansion? Obviously, you've seen that a tiny bit where the pace of daily treasury purchases has declined from a peak of $75 billion um, down to about $50 billion. Now, that's still a substantial amount of purchases. The balance sheet is still at record levels, and it's going to expand dramatically going forward. Um, you know, But I think any clarity around that in terms of when the Fed or, or, or kind of what signals the Fed is looking for, I don't think we're at that stage yet. But those are the types of questions that I think are most interesting for the Fed. Um, I don't necessarily think Powell... You know, we'll be giving a lot of insight into that on Thursday. Um, so that is really it for today. Um, a lot more news information. All of it is in the Vital Dawn this morning. Uh, and thank you for listening.